Kinka and Kinka, 여러분 안녕하세요. This is Rome or Hando Jun, your Kinka Chingu, Kinka classmate, and the host of Kinka Podcast, where every time we have a new episode, we celebrate the marriage of K drama, Korean culture, and language learning. And I should say that I feel so pressured to produce an episode before the end of the year. Tonight is the twenty eighth of December, and Yeah, I really felt pressured to do this right now because, well, first thing, I promised that I would do an episode and it's been a month. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I, I should say that I didn't expect December to be so busy. My schedule was really jam-packed with events happening every now and then. And so, yeah. Uh, that's a real shortcoming from my end and for that um 죄송합니다. please forgive me and i hope that i would be able to make it up to you um yeah and i guess the first step towards making it up to you is by doing this right now by recording an episode and then uploading it so that you'll have something to listen to if you're bored already Um, I, I'm not sure if you're, if people right now are getting bored during the Christmas and New Year holidays, because probably if you haven't taken your vacation leaves, then you're also probably working just as I am. Yeah, I'm working the entire week this week, but next week I'm going to have my break for a week, and so then I'll have the first. Uh, seven or eight days of 2023 free sort of because I still have things to do to be honest even if I'll be on vacation but yeah um, enough about that and I, I, I do remember uh, telling you that I would talk about the K-drama Shuru or Under the Queen's Umbrella Yeah, I hope you remember, because if you didn't remember it anymore, then it's my fault. I have been gone for so long, again and again and again, and it keeps happening. Toan, toan, to. Or is that how you say it? Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so Shurub. I already talked about Under the Queen's Umbrella uh, partially in the previous episode, in the... Anniversary episode, I think. So if, if it was the anniversary episode, that was in November. November 21st or 22nd. So it's been over a month since that last episode. And here I am again talking to you. And I guess it will be like this moving forward. I'm, I'd be doing just an episode a month for 2023. If lucky, I could do more. But yeah, I, I already said it. I'll... Put it on my cal- calendar so I could plan better and do things better. Yeah, so Shurub, there's actually a lot of things that I wanted to talk about Shurub. It's just that I couldn't really organize my thoughts about this even up to this time. Uh, I haven't gotten into writing anything. I've always wanted to write stuff since... Yeah, at the beginning of December, like, because um, it's the end of the year, so I thought, okay, I should evaluate stuff and write these things down. Yeah, I- I'm talking about life in general, not about uh, Under the Queen's Umbrella, but just saying that it's the same thing for this one, that there are th- a lot of things I wanted to talk about 
in relation to K-drama under the Queen's umbrella, but since I haven't written anything, we'll just make do with me remembering the things that I wanted I that I want to talk about as I'm recording this episode. So I guess first things first, the on top of my mind about the title of this K-drama, Shurup. So under the Queen's umbrella in English, but that's not really the uh, the, 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 the translation of shurub. And actually, shurub is not a word that a lot of people would recognize because it's it's not a word that people use these days. It's uh, I do believe that it's a very old Korean word. Yeah, and it doesn't have Chinese roots. It's like a legit Korean word from the very beginning of time or something like that. And... Even my Korean friends who are natives don't actually know the word shurup, so yeah, um, it, it's not something that you have to memorize or something. It wouldn't come, I, I mean, it wouldn't appear in any topic exam, I suppose. But yeah, shurup is an old word and it simply means umbrella or something that, you know, cover, that you use to cover yourself from the rain or maybe also from the sunlight. Uh, that I'm not sure. That's a little bit technical because in English, you cover yourself with a parasol for sunlight, I, I think. Or, um, well, I, I shouldn't talk about that because I'm, I'm not sure. And then a regular umbrella for the rain. Or, yeah, I, I think there's a different term for an umbrella for the rain and umbrella for the sun. But I'm not very sure, so... Yeah, let's just leave it at that. So I'm just saying that the title in Korean is just umbrella, but in English, it's under the Queen's umbrella. And uh, speaking of which, because that's the title, right? The English title is under the Queen's umbrella. And I just wanted to say that in the entire duration of the 16-episode K-drama, there was only one person who really shared an umbrella with the queen. Um, well, there's technically two, but um, the queen herself, uh, like holding the umbrella and covering or protecting the other person, it only happened once. And that is with the prince... Oh no, what is his name? Um... Ah, okay, I, I forgot his name. But the prince who, as described by some of the concubines, was a woman in the shell of a man. So it's, what's his, uh, I really don't remember his name. But yeah, so it's him. It's only him who, uh, who shared that umbrella moment with the queen. And I think that was really special because it even had a like a painted caricature for it. Other scenes, I, I think, didn't have that. And so, yeah, I just thought, oh, that's, that's quite interesting. Why is that the case? Hmm, yeah, and also, I think that the plot for him was too special. I mean, in a way... Because while there were so many things going on in the palace and there were a lot of political thought put into it, 
I think uh, this K drama being sort of uh, a queer friendly K drama is um, uh, is something that makes it special amongst other sagak. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. And the other umbrella moment was with uh, the now crown prince. Uh, oh no, Kang. Kang is his name. Yeah, um, but that was only towards the end of the K-drama already. In fact, it was in the last episode, I think. So, yeah, those were the only two moments when the Korean shared the umbrella moment. And if if you've seen a lot of K-dramas, I'm sure you know that an umbrella moment is something so typical in K-dramas, but it's usually with... Uh, love interests rather than platonic or filial relationships so yeah I just wanted to say that okay now that's um, good <laughs> the, there are other things that I wanted to say uh, yeah uh, I, I would say that this K-drama was generally divided into two the first part being the beauty queen or the pageant um yeah, the plot was mostly like a pageant. That was when uh, the princess, the grand princess, together with the other princess who were like the regular princess, because you have the grand princess who are the children, uh, who are the sons of the king and the queen herself. And then the regular princess are the su- princess, okay, not princess. Princess. Uh, okay, they sound the same, right? Uh, so the regular princess are those who were born by the king and his concubines. Okay, so the first part I would say is the pageant, the beauty pageant, sort of, or the competition for them to be um, to be given the title crown prince because yes, the original crown prince died yes and the second part of this k-drama is unraveling what happened i mean why that late prince died and you know the other political stuff that were at play and yeah so in general i think that is how we could divide this k-drama and yeah i I like that it was uh, made in that way because the plot was easier to process although there were really a lot of things going on and I guess um, that's how sagaks usually work um, yeah uh-huh. and I also thought about uh, <laughs> about the main villain in this K-drama I, I guess uh, most people would think and agree that the main villain in this K-drama is Tebi Mama or the Queen Dowager. Oh, yeah, and about about that too, about the relationship of Tadebi Mama and the Chungjeon Mama. So the Queen Dowager and just the Queen herself. Um, yeah, it's usually the case... Or, uh, I can't really say it's usually the case because in the duration that I've been doing this K-drama podcast, I've only seen two sagas and 
the first one was the one with uh Bongwana, the <laughs> Mr. Queen, um, and then this one. So I I could only uh use these two as reference, but in general I I would say that in most K dramas and maybe it's a Korean culture, where in the mother-in-law and then the daughter-in-law are usually not um very friendly toward each other yeah because that's how it was for the queen dowager and for the queen herself and also the same for a number of k-dramas that i have seen in the past but yeah i i don't want to say it's cultural because if you think it's cultural then people would be afraid to get married into a korean family i mean at least for women knowing that their mother-in-law would hate them for it or something like that but yeah uh, i don't see that in other um cultures or in other tv series like filipino tv series i think that's not usually the case or maybe i'm wrong or maybe it's a universal thing uh please correct me if i'm wrong because you know i'm also still learning about society and culture in general stuff yeah um yeah just wanted to say that and yeah about the heavy mama being the main villain of the story um well yeah I guess you can say that she really was and is the villain from the beginning to the end, sort of. But she wasn't the only one. There were really a lot of people you could hate in this K-drama. Um, but yeah, I guess for Tebi Mama, it's, it's easy to somehow relate to her toward the end. Of the show because uh, she was able to show her humanity and although it uh, it seems like she did all those things, all those high news crimes that she did, um, it, it it seems like she did those things just to keep herself in power. But I, I think I would believe her when she said that she did all those things as a means to protect her son and that she only really wanted to fulfill the dreams of her son and maybe there's nothing wrong with that it's only in the execution of you know fulfilling those dreams wherein she um strayed away from the right path maybe but yeah um yeah, and there was this line that the queen said that, yeah, her mother-in-law was indeed wicked, but also sometimes very pitiable, if that's the right word. Yeah, she said something like that, and I do agree with those remarks. Hmm. Um, and also, 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 uh, th- uh, huh. yeah, uh, something of uh yeah i said something confusion blah blah in the um anniversary episode right um yeah and i, I wanted to really talk about that because for sagas they always or they often put in some valuable lessons 
while also introducing some very cultural things some very korean cultural things like there there was the kyongbae kyong kyong kyongebae kyong kyongyeongbae ha i don't remember the word anymore but uh, maybe it's in my notes on telegram because sometimes i use telegram to write down notes uh uh-huh. um kyong something something wait 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 mm okay it seems like it's not ah kyongyeong ah kyeongbae kyeongbae so there was the word kyeongbae and it's uh oh, it's not just a word it's actually um a container and when you put wine or some alcoholic drink into it you have um you can only fill it to i think two-thirds and then beyond two-thirds if you pour down more than two-thirds of the container then all of the alcohol or whatever liquid you put in it will be drained down so it's also it's like um it's teaching us about being uh maybe about being content and not um putting more than the limit or something like that so what i'm saying is that uh korean sagas or korean historical dramas usually put in these kinds of things and yeah there are maybe confusion and or maybe just general wisdom that uh they wanna impart with us i guess so yeah that thing and then oh there uh this one is not very uh culture specific thing but it's about the value of things uh there was this scene when there was a woman who was selling um some kind of an accessory I, I I don't remember how that accessory is called in Korean or in English, but she was trying to sell an accessory, but the the merchant who was trying to buy it was giving was low balling the price, and uh, he also mentioned that the reason why he was low balling it was because the woman was divorced and it was bad luck blah 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 but then you know our hero for that episode um what's her name my goodness this is oh there was some noise outside but uh i I forgot her name but the later on the crown princess um yeah she said that the value of things uh are usually still the same even if if you uh what is this even if you like uh, how, how do i say this in a way that the message is going to be clear oh uh i, I don't remember exactly what she said but it's like this if you had if you have a a dollar bill so even if i put it on the floor i step on it and then um yeah crumple it and stuff if when we pick it up like even after all those things the value of that dollar bill is still going to be a dollar bill so in the same way for that accessory that the woman had even if she was divorced 
or whatever, its value would still be the same because of the material that it was made of. I think it was a gold something or, yeah, anyway, a metallic kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, about the value of things, huh? It, uh, I think I didn't expect to see something like that in this K-drama and I mean, it's a concept that we can also... I mean, it's a concept that I also hear from financial stuff from time to time. But hey, this is not a financial podcast. Just saying that there are those concepts that are sometimes appearing in K-dramas that we we don't expect. Uh, yeah, what, what else? Of course, the language of this K-drama, since it's a saga, is um like old traditional Korean speech, which is something that you won't really hear people saying like um how, how do you say um ani deo ani ani naida so it can't be or it shouldn't be the case or in Filipino Hindi Prade or an or it's just andanda but ani deo naumna ah okay <laughs> yeah it's something like that. Ani deo naum Ani deo deum naida. Ani deum naida. I think it's like that, but it's just andanda. Well, yeah, like. Tishimyon ani deum naida. So if you run, ah, you should. You're not allowed to run, or you shouldn't run. Something like that. So. Yeah. Um. The the point is the language, the. In general, if you still don't understand, in general, the longer the sentences that you say, the more distant you are from the person that you are talking to. And distant is not about like physical distance, but it's distance in terms of relationship. Like if you're a master and a servant, something like that, or if you're friends or if you're family members and stuff. So the length of your speech equates to the distance of your relationships or not equates but they are proportional to each other yes uh-huh okay so um okay i, I think that's all about <laughs> shurup under the queen's umbrella and i should say that um in the midst of watching that uh because I-, I spent the christmas weekend with my family in another city oh my gosh it's uh, i i thought it's gonna be quiet in this place but now i'm hearing uh is that a motorcycle motorcycle noise hmm. and it's also past 10 p.m already but anyway so yeah um i spent the christmas weekend with my family in that other city and there we had the time to watch K-dramas. <laughs> so we finished watching the K-drama Money Heist or Jong Ye Jip. And yeah, I should say that it was better than I expected. Because if you remember, um, maybe you haven't listened to that episode because it's not in this podcast. But I talk with Anyong Tita. It's a, she's another podcaster. And... She does podcasts on Korean culture and other stuff. But 
also a lot on K-dramas. So we talked about the K-drama Money Highs, at least the first half of Money Highs. And then, yeah, most of our comments back then was that there wasn't a lot of changes made to the original aside from um, making uh, making it more compact. But the second half of this Tongye tube is so crazy. Like, there were a lot of twists and turns. People whom we expected to have died didn't die. And, like, family, family members that were only introduced in the, like, in later into the second heist was introduced, like, um, yeah, in the second part. And, yeah, there were also characters that didn't exist in the Spanish money highs, but are in the Korean money highs. So I guess that was a a good change um, with respect to adding uniqueness to the K drama and adding, um, I mean, adding flavor to the original money highs. Of course, I, I would still say that uh, they are. Um, I mean, as much as I'd like to compare them, uh, subjective, uh, objectively, <laughs> as much as I'd like to compare them objectively, I cannot really do that because, of course, I've already seen the original La Casa de Papel, like, in full long ago, and so I kind of knew the story already when I started watching Tong Yeji, and so I, I guess that, that has an effect on how excited I would be on what's about to happen. And I should say that the changes that were made in the second part um, made it uh, so much more exciting. And yeah, kudos to the people who were, you know, part of making those changes happen. Um, Yeah, but still, I can't say that one is better than the other. As usual, my view on on adaptations is that an adaptation is um, an entirely different piece of artwork that should be evaluated on its own rather than um, being evaluated while comparing it to the original. Of course, yeah, you may not agree with me on that and that's all right, but for me... Yeah, Dongyeji on its own. I mean, the Korean Dongyeji is good um, the way it is. Um, and I think more people would appreciate it, um, especially if they haven't seen La Casa de Papel yet. Um, like, yeah, it's uh, it's good on its own. And somehow I'm curious if there will be the second money heist. I mean, yeah, if they would do the second heist. Which I doubt because K-dramas don't usually do um, second seasons. But if they were to do a second season of Jong Yejib, I think I would want to see that. Um, it, it's just that I, I'm not sure how it would be like. But yeah, I'd like to see how they would make um, more differences more nuances and stuff and yeah um i have been speaking for 
27 minutes now and yeah i just realized that up until now i haven't even greeted you a uh, happy holidays <laughs> yeah so to all of you kinka and kinka yorobun uh happy holidays um merry christmas happy hanukkah um yeah whatever it is that you're celebrating right now yeah happy celebration and i hope that you are enjoying time with your friends with your family members and with yourself yeah if you're alone and spending time on your own yeah i I hope that you're having a great time as well and probably i i wouldn't release a a different episode just to greet you a happy new year so yeah now i'm greeting you a happy new year um 네 여기까지 들어 주셔서 정말 감사하고요 and 내년에 꼭 봐요. Yeah, I'll see you next year. 안녕히 계세요. Bye bye. 네, 감사합니다. 사랑합니다.